Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Wow. I don't know about you, but I can definitely say with surety, God is good. All the time. I mean, if we just started going around the room naming all of the good things that God did for us this past week. Wow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we might be here for uh, hours and hours just giving God praise for the things that he's done. Every breath that we breathe and uh, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we can feel, uh, you know, it's all a gift. Yesterday's um, work day for the Ministry of Lights was awesome. We had a great turnout. Thanks, everybody who uh, participated and uh, uh, got a lot done. I was amazed. So, good job. Thank you. We had a great, great week. Yes, we did. Uh, the chili dogs. And, you know, I got to thinking we could actually uh, say that those were hallowed wieners. We prayed over them. <laughs> we, we had the chili dogs and they were good. All right. Well, anybody have a birthday this week? I know we have at least one who had a birthday this week. Freddie, Freddie. Freddie had a birthday. So let's sing happy birthday to Freddie. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you, have many more. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh, so we, we covered you too. Yesterday, uh, the Mary made me do it. <laughs> All right, well, happy birthday. 23? That's what I thought. <laughs> All right, how about anniversaries? Anybody have anniversaries? No anniversaries, okay. Uh, you guys might have to yell out if you raise your hands. My eyes aren't working too good this morning. So, you know, if I don't see you, just scream. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. Uh, announcements this morning. I don't see any. Are there? Oh, okay. Uh, well, we know about the communion cups. Don't forget, set your clocks back one hour next Sunday morning, November 6th. And monthly business meeting next Monday. Uh, November the 7th. So what time is it starting now? Six? Six o'clock. All right. And we would like to have as many people participate in our business meetings as possible. Um, more ideas is good. It helps, you know, creativity flow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess... Brother Bob's going to lead our opening hymn this morning. We have come into this house, uh, his house. So, uh, Brother Bob. Good morning. Good morning. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. How long has it been since we had an attitude check? Hmm? Attitude check? Praise the Lord! All right, that's more like it. Oh, it's good to uh, good to be here this morning. Nice, brisk little breeze out there. Kind of makes you want to move a little faster. We have come into His house and gathered in His name to worship Him. Let's do that. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house. 
Please, will you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father in God, wow, you are so awesome, God. Your mercy, your grace is so amazing. Your love is so, in, it just envelops every area of our life. Your love is so complete, and it makes us complete when we receive it and let it flow through us to others. So Lord, this morning we ask that your presence be here in such a way that we actually are so connected to you that every thought, every heart is in tune with heaven. Lord, we give you praise, we give you thanks, and we ask you to continue to be with us throughout this service that we may magnify your name and glorify you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our uh, next hymn will be in the sweet by and by, and that's one place we're looking forward to. Amen. Number 570, in the sweet by and by. There's a land that is Number 257, Near the Cross.
John, you had a communion meditation for us this morning. Whether kids walk the streets of the neighborhood, have a costume parade at their school, or wander the church parking lot at Trunk or Treat, almost all children participate in some sort of Halloween-type event. The concept is simple. Children put on a disguise, pretend to be someone else, and head out in search of what they really want, candy. For kids, Halloween comes once a year. But if you think about it, adults put on disguises much more frequently. On any given day, many of us pretend to be someone we're not. We disguise our true motives or intentions in an attempt to get what we want. But instead of candy, we seek fame, power, wealth, attention, or status. Even as Christians, we can begin to think we must project the right image of ourselves or to be something we're not to get what we really want. That's one reason communion is so important. When we come to the table, we're reminded not only of God's love and forgiveness, but also that we have the new identity and purpose, not dependent on anything we do or are, but which comes from Christ himself. Amen. The Apostle Paul wrote, The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may be present, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Because of Christ, Paul said, there is no need to put on a show or pretend to be someone we aren't. Christ accepts us as we are and is transforming us to become more and more like him. Thank you, Jesus. Today, let's remember, we don't need to pretend to be someone else to be accepted and valued. Instead, we can celebrate that Christ is our redemption, our hope, and our glory. Let's, let's pray. Thanks be to you, O God, for your presence and your purpose, for your loving kindness and your steadfast spirit. May the blessing of this table strengthen our faith, increase our generosity, and unify our hearts. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take a few moments and concentrate on the, the grace that has been given to us. Just a minute or two in face-to-face conversation with Jesus. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover feast, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and passed it among them saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, Jesus took it and giving thanks, passed it among them saying, this is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology.
while we're still standing, let's turn to number 301, At the Cross. All right. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure everybody knows, but we didn't mention it this morning in the announcements. We are having a meal today, so we want everyone to please stay and eat with us. Uh, there's plenty of food, and it smells so good, my stomach is eating itself right now. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, that being said, if you have a need this morning, just, oh, <laughs> all right, well, we are continuing on uh, this uh, fifth Sunday in the series of Back to the Basics, taking advantage of that time to get a little more. Now, in the first segment, we talked about God, the Father. Now we're going to talk about Jesus, the Christ, the Savior. Jesus is the Son of God. There are titles that indicate his work and his position. These titles are Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our Lord. Lord, Master, Owner, the one we go to and listen to and do what he says. Okay? Savior, he saves us because we didn't do what he said before. Now, he's our Lord. Now we do what he says. Jesus, our mediator. When we mess up, he's there at the right hand of the Father. And he looks and he says, Father, he's mine. I cleansed him by the blood. Okay. Jesus, our prophet. He has told us what is coming. 
He has told us that one day he's coming back and he's going to take us all home with him. And he's also said that we will all, if we're not here then, we will all go to be with him. And so not knowing when our time has come, we should live every moment of every day as if this could be the time. Because it very well could be. We don't know. And Jesus, our high priest. Now, how is he our priest, our high priest? Well, Jesus was commissioned as high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He went through the preparation. He went from the desert for 40 days fasting and then was went through the temptation. He He was the offering. Instead of uh, offering an animal sacrifice like the old priest did for the sins of the people, he offered himself the perfect lamb of God to take away all sin of all men for all time. Jesus is also our king, our king. He was uh, predicted to be a king in the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets said that he would be king. And Christ claimed himself to be a king. He talked over and over again about my kingdom and my father's kingdom. And then he talked about the nature of his kingdom. If there's a kingdom, there must be a king, right? And as king, he has the right to make the rules. And we have the right to obey them. (laughs) And if we don't, he has the right to deal with us. And there is talk about the length of his rule, which is for all eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And as many times as you can say that and plus more. (laughs) Never ends. Never ends. Uh, Scripture says, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. In Matthew 121. Now, in the Hebrew, his name is Yeshua, which means Savior. That's what the word means. Uh, for his name means. So he is called Savior even from birth. Why? Because that was his position. That's what he came for, to be our Savior. Thus the angel of the Lord informs Joseph about Jesus, his name and his mission. Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word Joshua, meaning Jehovah is salvation. Jesus means Savior. Aptly describing his work of saving men from their sins. According to Luke 19.10. I came to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. The title Christ or Messiah simply means the anointed one. Uh, He's anointed with the Holy Spirit. He's anointed with God the Holy Spirit. It designates Jesus as the fulfiller of the messianic hopes of the Jews in the Old Testament. The name Jesus Christ means that he is the Messiah who came to earth to save lost mankind. Now, I'll give you another little tidbit here, and that is that where Jesus uh, was born in Bethlehem, uh, uh, is the house of bread and he is you know the bread that we live on that sustains us uh, then there is the uh, the wine press and the oil and he was pressed out the spirit then as that oil that is pressed out in the in the wine press he gives us the gift of the Spirit. It's pressed out and given to us. Now, the first uh, segment we want to look at is Jesus as the Son of God. The logical question that follows is, who is this Jesus, this Messiah? 
Who is he? Many answers have been given. Some of the Jews thought him to be Mary and Joseph's son. Others called him a deceiver. Still others thought him to be a prophet, like the old time prophets. Some people today to say that he is just a man, except that he lived a better life than other men. Hmm. What does the Bible say? What did Jesus himself say about himself? What did the apostles who knew him best? What did they say? Well, John the baptizer said, Jesus is the son of God. I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. John 1.34. Mark said, Jesus is the son of God. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. Mark 1.1. 1, 1. Peter said, Jesus is the son of God. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. Paul said, Jesus is the son of God. God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law, Galatians 4, 4. The angel Gabriel said, Jesus is the son of God. The holy one to be born will be called the son of God, Luke 1, 35. The demon said, Jesus is the son of God. What have we do to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Matthew eight twenty nine. Jesus said he was the son of God. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? I am, said Jesus. Matthew 14, 60, uh, 61, 62, and Matthew 26, 64, and John 10, 36. The reference is three times mentioned. Anything something's repeated in the Bible, it's repeated for emphasis. He is the Son of God. The crowning testimony came from the Father who said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3.17 and Matthew 17.5. It is repeated again. Divine powers and honors ascribed to Jesus. In addition to the above testimony to Christ's deity, he is said to possess powers and honors that belong only to deity. Number one, Christ has the power to create. Throughout the Bible, the power to create is attributed to God alone. Yet, in many passages of Scripture, the same power is ascribed to Jesus. John 1, 1 through 3, Ephesians 3, 8 through 11, Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Over and over, they refer to Christ as the Creator. Number two, Christ has power to forgive sins. This is an exclusive power of God alone. Yet in Luke 5, 20 through 25, Jesus states that he has the power to forgive sins and demonstrates it by healing a paralytic. Started to say paraplegic. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, number three, Christ is, uh, proper, uh, is a proper object of worship. God alone is to be worshiped. No other thing, no other person. He's a jealous God. But Jesus was worshipped and he accepted it. Nevertheless, this honor is given to Jesus by the Father. Moreover, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. John 5, 23. We are to honor him with the same praise, the same glory, the same honor, the same everything that we attribute to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. These powers and honors are Christ's because he is the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, John 1, 18. When Jesus spoke to the people about God, he never used the term, our Father, he never, class, he never classed himself with other men to indicate equality. 
In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus uses the term our father, but this was in giving a prayer for the disciples to pray. Jesus is not a mere man. He is the only begotten son of God. He came to earth and lived as a man for a few years, but he is and always has been in a unique sense, God's son. If you don't believe it, let me see you raise yourself from the dead. Here's some titles that indicate his work and position. One man has said that he counted 254 different titles for Jesus in the Bible. A diamond has many facets, yet each one will reflect some new and beautiful side of the gem. Like a diamond, one may look at Jesus from any angle or facet of his life and see more new beauty reflecting his greatness and love for man. And in this uh, message, we will study just a few of those facets of the master's life. The first one is Jesus, our Savior. Webster defines Savior as one who saves or delivers. This facet of Jesus' life perhaps shines the brightest of all. The angel told Joseph, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one. The angel of the Lord told shepherds on the Judean hillside, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Luke 2.11. Jesus summarized concisely his mission to the earth when he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19, 10. Romans 5, 6, and 8 states that while man was weak, unable to save himself, while he was a sinner, not deserving salvation, that by the grace and love of God, Christ died to save us. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 relates that man has been redeemed, brought back and rescued from slavery, not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, the perfect lamb of God. Willis R. Hotchkiss, missionary to Africa, searched for many months for a native word that would express the idea of Savior. One day there was a great commotion in the village. When Mr. Hotchkiss joined the crowd assembled in the square, he found a native torn and bleeding. He was excitedly telling of his escape from the claws of a tiger. He used a word to describe the one who had saved him. Immediately, Mr. Hotchkiss wrote this word down. The next Sunday, he preached on Jesus as Savior and used this word. As the people crowded around him after the service, they said, Now we understand that Jesus died to save us from sin and Satan. That's what you've been trying to tell us for so many months. <laughs> Got to have the right words, right? Got to have the right words to make sense. Mr. Hotchkiss says, I've dwelt four years uh, practically alone in Africa. I, I've spent 30 times, I've been 30 times stricken with the fever, three times attacked by lions and several times by rhinoceroses, a number of times ambushed by the natives. For 14 months, I never saw a piece of bread. But let me say to you, I would gladly go through the whole thing again if I could have the joy of again bringing that word Savior and flashing it into the darkness that enveloped another tribe in Central Africa. Many false religions offer their followers some hope of salvation through abuse of the body and personal torture. <laughs> Others by keeping certain moral maxims. Even then, the hope is faint. 
The grand assurance of Christianity is that God in his love toward man saved us, not by works of righteousness, which we do, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he poured out upon us richly through Christ our Savior, Titus 3, 5, and 6. Christianity alone has a Savior. One more reason why we believe it to be the only true religion. That was the first. Now, Jesus, our Lord. No term is more expressive of the faith of the early believers than the term Lord. Peter proclaimed on Pentecost that the Jews had crucified Jesus, but that God had made him both Lord and Christ, according to Acts 2.36. In Acts 10.36, Peter says he is the Lord of all. Any questions? (laughs) Lord of all. Paul declares that we are to confess with the mouth, Jesus is Lord, Romans 10, 9. The believer confesses Jesus as his Savior, as his Messiah or Christ, but especially as his or her Lord. In Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Paul explains that God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess in heaven and on earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. <laughs> The term Lord indicates the sovereignty of Christ over his followers, the church. Colossians 1.18. He is the master. The Christian is his servant. The term Savior indicates what Christ has done and is doing for the believer. The term Lord reflects what the believer should do for Christ as his Savior. Many people love to read and hear of what Jesus has done for them, but often they are unconcerned about what Christ expects and requires of them in return. Gimme, 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 gimme. It's all about me. (laughs) Wrong again. If Christ is not Lord of all, he, he will not be Lord at all. We must surrender totally, give everything, every area of our life. We can't hold on to some sin that we like to hold on to. We have to give it to him and let him be in charge. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Luke 6, 46. This facet of our relationship with Jesus needs emphasizing today. Surely you can agree with that. We will uh, stop here for today. I've got a few things to share yet, but we will stop right there in the, in the lesson today and we'll pick up there next time. But just think about what it means for Jesus to be not only our Savior, but our Lord, our King, our Master. So many times... We want and we need a Savior. We cry out when we get sick, when the doctor gives us some kind of bad news. We cry out to Christ then. But what about the other times when life seems to be rolling along pretty good? Are we crying out to him then? Are we listening to him? Are we leaning in on him and saying, Lord, I need you now? Even in the times that are good? Just stop and think for a minute. How many of you remember the stock market crash in 2008? Yeah. I mean, 
things changed very quickly, didn't they? Numbers in many people's bank account changed pretty quickly. <laughs> and some, in some cases, very drastically, it changed. Some people were so enamored with their money that they couldn't handle that loss. And some people took their own lives. Because, well, money was their God. And when their God was taken from them, life had no meaning. Life had no purpose. Stop and think about that. Is Jesus really our Lord? Is he really our Savior? Is he really our King? Do we cling to him? Not just during the bad times, but during the good times. Always trying to please him. Doing what he says instead of what I want. There's a big difference between want and need. We cry out to God a lot for what we want. He always answers with what we need. Do we gratefully, thankfully accept what he gives us? Or do we complain? You know, I, I know I've shared before, but I was, at a, uh, I was at a Christmas gathering one time. A little boy about 10, 11 years old. I watched him open thousands of dollars worth of gifts. And I was just amazed at the stuff that this little kid had. And after he was done, he said, is that all? Oh, I was so upset with that kid. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't my kid, but I thought, wow, what are you teaching him? Now, is that our attitude when God gives us something? Is that all? Or do we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you gave me what I need instead of what I wanted. Because you see, there's a big difference. When we get what we need, it leads to goodness. It leads to keeping us on track. Sometimes if we got what we wanted, it would destroy our faith. So we sometimes need to thank the Lord for not giving us the things we asked for. <laughs> so, if he's truly our Lord as well as our Savior, that means that we not only are anxious for him to deliver us, but we are also anxious to obey him. Think about that. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is uh, number 533. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild, restless sea. Let's stand. Good. Jesus calls us
Amen. Boy, God worked that song right in there, didn't he? Wow, Bob picked that. He had no idea where I was going to be and where I was going to end, but God did. Brother Bob? Are you seated? Yes, it was. I can't remember what it was. Well, we will not be having a choir practice, I guess, oh, today. We're yeah. going to be eating at that time. Right. right. Okay, no choir practice. We may have to stay a few months longer next week. Not today. We can handle that. Uh, oh, now I remember. We uh, we have come in Doris several times, and I found it that way yesterday. Um, the kitchen door has been left unlocked a few times. Um, that's a tricky door. There are things you have to understand about it. When you unlock it with a key to get in the building, you need to relock it with the key, yeah. and it works completely separate from from the panic bar or anything else. But uh, always be always be sure when you when you lock up or when you when you come in if you're going to. Set the panic bar. We'll be sure that the door lock is locked. Yeah. Please. I always push on the dashboards to make sure that it is engaged. Yeah. Well, when you when you're going back out, be sure it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never unlock it from the outside. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you never come in that door. Okay, uh, do we have any prayer requests this morning? Bless miss us. <laughs> All right, let's stand together. Father God, thank you so much for being here with us again this morning. We know that you are always with us, but somehow it seems that your presence is magnified when we come together. And your love is definitely present through each one that's here. So, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We ask you to bless each one here, Lord, and keep us uh, on the road of obedience. Help us, Lord, to overcome temptation and to give you glory. Help us, Lord, to enjoy this meal that's been provided. We ask you to bless it. That will be filling and nourishing to our bodies. But, Lord, more importantly, the fellowship that we shared During the meal, also, let it be a time that builds memories for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless me.